today is Pentecost Sunday, when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit into this world and the birth of our church. But today's story really starts at the beginning of the book of Acts, when the resurrected Jesus is sitting and eating with his disciples. He tells them to stay put and wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. But since they have spent the last 40 days with Jesus, hanging out with him, they are anxious and they are eager for action. And so they ask Jesus, and I imagine them asking in a whiny and pouty voice, is it now when you are going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Even after Jesus' death, and resurrection, and after all of his teachings and all of his parables, describing the kingdom of God and what it would look like, how it would be different than anything they had ever imagined, the disciples still wanted the kingdom that they had envisioned before Jesus. They wanted Jesus to rule and Jerusalem, and restore Israel as a top nation. They wanted to rule over the rest of the world and have Jesus judge all the other nations for their wickedness. But Jesus reminds them that like everything else, the dream of the kingdom has been transformed through his death and his resurrection. But the disciples, they long for the return of the kingdom of Israel. And they can't imagine what awaits them in this new reality that Jesus is speaking about. So Jesus says, look, I am going to send my spirit to be with you and to help you, to guide and empower you in living into this new reality of God's kingdom here on earth. Because you are going to continue the work that I have started you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's now on you to do the good work, Jesus says. And then he ascends into heaven. So that brings us to today's scripture. The disciples are in Jerusalem waiting, and others from around the known world are gathered in Jerusalem that day for the day of Pentecost, a Jewish agricultural festival. So here we are beginning in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and, and Asia— Phrygia and Pamphylia, 
Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Serene, and visitors from Rome and both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this word. Jesus ascended into heaven, and now we see the Spirit come down, bringing some of God's creative power from heaven to earth to do its work here. The Spirit came to transform the earth with the power of heaven, starting with those, those parts of earth that were the bodies and the minds and the hearts and the lives of the followers of Jesus, the community that would become the church. And notice that in the very first verse here, it stresses that they were all together in one place because the Spirit comes to, not to divide but to unite the people to something new, something that would launch a great movement from this small group of frightened and puzzled and perplexed and largely uneducated men and women. The Spirit came that day and it changed everything for them. The way they lived together, the way they understood God's kingdom and their part in it. It was a holy disturbance something that knocked them out of their old ways of thinking and showed them the new reality of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven because of Jesus and how Jesus turned the whole world upside down. Right now, we are in the midst of our own holy disturbance, a pandemic, economic uncertainty, and now with the death of yet another African-American man, protests have broken out across the country for the past five days. Minneapolis, Detroit, Columbus, Atlanta, Philadelphia, New York, Washington, D.C., and Cleveland, just to name a few. God did not cause these events, we know, but through them we can see the Spirit moving, the Spirit causing yet another holy disturbance. Yesterday, I caught myself thinking, what makes this death, the death of George Floyd, so much different than all the rest? And I realized that the answer was in the question. The fact that there have been all of the rest. We can no longer bury our heads in the sand and pretend that systemic racism doesn't exist. We cannot stay silent as we watch our brown and black brothers and sisters being being treated as less than whole human beings, as if they are unworthy of the same respect and dignity as others because of the pigment of their skin. I'll be honest. This message looked very different at the beginning of this week. But when I woke up on Friday morning and I saw the headlines and I felt the queasiness in my stomach and the hurt in my heart of God calling me to speak and to do something that I would rather not do, 
I'd rather stand here and speak words of comfort. It's easier, and I know that it's what many people want to hear. But I have not been called to be comfortable. We have not been called to be comfortable. We have been called to be faithful. And the way that we can be faithful right now is to commit to the lifelong work of racial justice and healing, starting with our own hearts and minds, because we know that that is what Jesus has called us to do, to love God, to love others. Listen to the stories of our brown and black siblings and believe them. Sit in the discomfort when their experiences are much different than ours and see it as an opportunity for the Spirit to help us to understand others who speak a reality that is very different from our own. We are challenged to read books and to listen to podcasts and stories of people who look differently than us. We are, we are called, when we are faithful, to commit to grow and to work toward the long-term systemic change. Because we will all be better for it. But like the disciples, we want to go back to what we had in mind. We want to go back to the way that things were before the pandemic, to baseball games and family picnics, to hugging our friends and family, to coming to worship here on a Sunday morning and singing and praising together. We want to have job security and a steady income. And honestly, we want people to be happy with the way society is structured right now. Because, well, it doesn't look so bad from over here. But we are being called to something more and something better. My beloved community, the Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is thick in the air around us, and it is swirling within our souls. It is time to allow the Spirit to do its work and to stop putting our own limitations on what is possible, like the disciples tried to do. It's time to speak with tongues of justice compassion, understanding, and righteous indignation that is not, that this is not the way that Jesus has called us to love one another. We have been given the Spirit, not as a gift to keep to ourselves, to make ourselves feel comfortable, but to use to remake the world into the kingdom of God. That is what Jesus has called us to do as the church, to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth, to all people. And it is only through the Spirit's power and us united together in that Spirit that we can help make these things possible. It's only through those things that change can happen. No matter how inept we might feel at the task, the Spirit keeps resting on us, giving us the ability to do the hard work. This week, we will provide resources on Facebook and the weekly newsletter and other places for those who are ready to do work in their own hearts and minds. Because, my beloved community, we are in the midst 
of a holy disturbance. But it remains to be seen what we are willing to do about it. Do we value our own comfort over God's calling? Or are we willing to get uncomfortable and to reimagine how our world can be, become more like the kingdom of God? Are we allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit into those uncomfortable moments so that God might be glorified and others might know of his love? Or do we want to sit back and just enjoy the sunshine and not think about it right now? It's our choice. But I know that when we come together, when we work together, we might make the good choice, the, good, the choice that calls us to more with the Spirit's power. Amen.